Montana. And I'm Samantha. And you're listening to Reaper Tales. And today we're going to tell you about ghost stories. Because it's spooky season. Yeah, I know. We're on like a recording marathon right now because we're going to do some bonuses again this year. Um, But before we get into our ghost stories, me, what are we drinking? I'm I'm so glad I asked myself. Uh, We're I could just do a whole podcast. Talking I mean, do to you even need me here? I feel like you don't need me here. Probably not. Well, I don't know. I have to. I have to bounce my rabbit hole crazy stuff off of you. This is fair. This is very true. Uh, so, all right. So we're drinking the uh, drunk ghost uh, today, which this recipe will make you drunk <laughs> for sure. Uh, so you're going to get two ounces of, and you know how, like I was telling you earlier, I didn't have, um, the rum to do this. Mm-hmm. Um, turns out Malibu is coconut rum only. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> only the coconut rum that I have is better quality than Malibu. Oh, so it'll uh, taste even better. Yeah. Uh, so you're going to get two ounces of coconut rum. I'm not going to say Malibu, uh, because choose whatever coconut rum you want there you go one ounce of vanilla vodka two ounces of coconut cream and about four ounces of a lemon lime soda so like a seven up or a sprite or whatever uh you're gonna fill a shaker with ice pour in the rum vodka and coconut cream and shake really well to make sure the coconut cream is mixed well you're gonna strain it into a glass and then top with lemon lime soda and you can garnish it with a ghost peep so they make peeps that are ghosts. I didn't know I didn't that. Know that. <laughs> I couldn't. I couldn't find them. Um, and maybe it's a little early. It might be a little bit early. We're not even. We're not in October yet. Uh, we still we're have so more close. than a week to go. <laughs> so close. Uh, I've already decorated my house, so it doesn't count. I did it. I I made this recipe. Um, and when you, it's so interesting. When you pour the soda on top of it, it makes this like foamy stuff that almost looks like marshmallow like it's not even like popping it looks like fluff yeah it really does it looks like marshmallow fluff on top it's so cool so uh (coughs) thanks tugger so uh cheers cheers to ghosts it's okay (laughs) it's pretty (laughs) it's pretty i mean it's not bad but i just wouldn't it's not my thing it's very ghost-like but i'll drink it um the things I do for this podcast. Now. I'm saying. Yeah. Well, are you ready to hear about my ghost story? I am. I hope you're ready to hear about mine because it's funny. Probably not. Probably not. <laughs> um, so mine's got a little bit of a mixture. You're going to be a little annoyed at, at, at a lot of uh, the parts of it. But it's a it, technically it's a small part. But anyway, we're going to talk about, on my side, the dancing ghost of Gr- Grancer Harrison. Okay. I had never heard of this, but apparently there have been a few coverages of this with like blogs and paranormal groups that have gone to the, the um, cemetery. But somehow I, I missed this one. So um, I actually just came across it when I was searching for something else. And I was like, oh, that sounds interesting. And the more I looked at it, the more information I found. So I was like, hey, 
that's nice. For once, um, the information is coming to me and I'm not having to dig super hard to find anything that relates to it, which is kind of nice. So I'm like after after the few days I've had doing research, I'm so excited to take a few weeks off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it'll be my turn next. Okay. So in Harrison Cemetery, located in Kinston, Alabama, in Coffee County, you'll find a marker that reads, quote, Grancer's Ghost. Sounds of a fiddle and tapping feet can be heard near the grave of Grancer Harrison, buried in his dancing shoes in 1860, end quote. If he's a dancing ghost, he can't be that bad. Just wait. Okay. 1860. Read the time. Uh, Read the room. You'll also see the gravesite and tomb of the referenced man. Over the last 50 years, the tomb, which was originally covered by a large wood frame grave shelter, has unfortunately been vandalized and rebuilt, rebuilt several times, most recently in 2010. The tomb itself was reconstructed completely in 2005. We as humans just ruin everything. I know. So let's start from the beginning. William Grancer Harrison was born in the old 96th District, Edgefield County, South Carolina, in, 19, in uh, sorry, 1789. Sometime in the 1830s, he moved to Coffee County, Alabama, and established a large plantation near the junction of Cripple Creek and Pea River in an area just outside what is now Kingston, Alabama. Of course he did. Built overlooking Pea River, the plantation became the home of Grancer, his wife, and their children, Elizabeth, Mary, Charlotte, James M., Francis, Sarah, John A., William A., Moses M., and Martha Jane. And I'm assuming a whole bunch of other people. It's Alabama in the 1800s. Now you're reading the room. You you may be wondering where the name Grancer came from, because... I definitely was wondering. That was a very weird name, in my opinion. Um, Apparently, that name was common to be given to a grandfather in the region of South Carolina from where he was from, and his children and grandchildren gave him that name as an affectionate term. The name refers to a common use of the name Grand Sir, which means grandfather, and was used by immigrants from Western Britain that moved to the Carolinas. So Grand Sir was kind of like a... Nickname, basically. According to reports, Grancer was a successful cotton planter and unfortunately was also said to have owned the largest number of slaves in the county. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stop you right there and go <laughs> ahead and say. He wasn't planting any of it. This man didn't it. plant a single <laughs> no. cotton plant. No. Jesus. I, yeah, you knew it was coming. He hosted barbecues, dances, and horse races every Thursday that it was possible. In fact, he loved these things so much that he had his slaves build a large dance hall for the weekly parties that he held. And I'm sure they weren't invited, let's be honest. As yeah. happens when the years pass by, Grancer began to think about the end of his life and how he wanted his body to be prepared to spend the afterlife. Grancer had his slaves travel to a brick kiln in Milton, Florida, and return with the loads of bricks. Then the work began on his tomb, which was to be above ground and large enough to accommodate his large feather bed. He decided he would be (laughs) better. Yeah, this this guy was the most. The most. He decided he would also be buried in his beloved dancing clothes and clogs. And the location should be within listening distance of his dance hall that he loved so much. Saying, quote, 
I want to be buried right here. I want to be buried where I can hear those fiddles and feel the rhythm of the dancing feet. And Sir, you're dead. You're uh, never going to hear uh, any dude. Again. This dude planned on being a ghost and haunting this place. <laughs> I mean, I know that I have said some crazy shit that you should do with my body when I die. Well, like just in general, I've said some crazy shit. <laughs> but like what you should do. I was with wondering where you're going with it, honestly, at first. <laughs> when I'm dead. But this guy is far and beyond anything I have said. A feather bed? Mm-hmm. Ha- mm-hmm. Unnecessary. <laughs> Sir. Go on. When Harrison died in 1860, his last instructions were followed to the letter, as far as we know. And for a time, the Thursday night festivities continued, tapering off when Grancer was no longer present to keep the energy alive. Actually, that was what a lot of them said. Like, it just wasn't as much fun without him being there. Um, so eventually, they just stopped having those parties every Thursday. Unfortunately, eventually, the dance hall was also left in ruins. Oh, no. Shortly after Grancer's death, locals began to talk about hearing eerie sounds of fiddling and dancing coming from the cemetery at night when they would pass by. Others mentioned the sounds of a deep, booming voice of a man calling out square dances and being accompanied by a fiddle. Horses and mules would shy and bolt as they approached the place, making the drivers certain that the animals were also able to hear the sounds of the fiddle and the dancing. I mean, animals are going to hear anything paranormal but well before we do anyway, so. I would let them bolt and I would just hold on for dear life. <laughs> Get yeah. me out of here if you're scared. I would too. look. My cats stare at walls on a regular basis, and it's never good. It always I, freaks me out. I just like how annoying, how how extremely annoying a ghost has to be that in their afterlife they play a fucking fiddle. <laughs> like I no, no, stop it. That's what they like to do. That's stupid. <laughs> In your opinion, as ghost stories go, this is relatively mild. True. It is true. But it's just, it's so fucking annoying. Like, (laughs) do something not stupid. Thanks. You're sincere. I'm going to remind you that you said this after you die and your ghost is haunting me doing stupid shit every single day. Well, at least it'd be interesting. You said this at one point in time. Could you follow your own advice? Oh, wait covered in previous episode that doesn't happen anyway and look i'm all for uh the devil went down to georgia like i that shit slaps so hard it does but there is nothing more boring than a fiddle in the afterlife i just that's all i'm saying Uh, nothing more boring i think you're wrong but i'll go that's true when we get to my ghost he's a little bit boring too so you're you know whatever there were rumors that Grancer had buried gold with him as well. Others claimed he buried it near near his treasured dance hall, causing vandals to seek their rewards. In 1964, the tomb was blown open by vandals seeking to claim the gold as their own, only finding that there was no gold at all, and they had destroyed the tomb and scattered his remains. Good. The cemetery as a whole was also vandalized in 2010, and approximately 50 headstones were overturned, and the tomb was again vandalized. I mean, I'm not for, you know, vandalizing other tombs, but, like, this dude owned a lot of slaves. Um, 
he gets apparently bragged about having the most so mm-hmm. he, he braggadocious In case you didn't know it's not cool to own people Ugh. just saying yikes yikes there are still people who visit the grave site if granted permission from local law enforcement of course and i wanted to include a firsthand account from alabamahauntedhouses.com and this uh-huh. is where we're going to get into some of the firsthand accounts and also there was a paranormal group that visited it so I love firsthand accounts. Lay it on. <laughs> Some me. of these are interesting. We heard what it, and it, the title of this is, we heard what sounded like native drums. And was. there wasn't a name on here, but my best friend, my best friend who is Grancer Harrison's great, great granddaughter. And I went with a paranormal group here on Halloween night, 2020. The ladies in their group were all dressed in period clothing. They had some awesome equipment, an SLS camera, EVP recorder, and some other things I can't recall at this moment. We got there just before dark, and the group took some baseline readings, and all was quiet. After it got dark, the group split up, and my friend went with the group that went to the back part of the cemetery, where she recalled there were there being slave slave graves towards the back of the cemetery, apparently. Her family had been out there in the 1960s after the grave had been blown up one time to do the cleanup. Oh, I wouldn't have wanted that job. And she recalled there being metal markers in the back of the family cemetery with numbers on them to mark the slaves' graves. So apparently they didn't even have names on them. Cool. There are no longer there, the markers, and I'm sure whatever bodies were there are still in the graves. She and part of the group went out there and sat down to see if they could catch any EVPs. And while they were sitting there, they all heard what sounded like bare feet running on a dirt drive that that comes into the cemetery. Some of the men went chasing after it and found absolutely nothing. A while later, I was just standing around while everybody else was watching the SLS cam. Mr. Harrison interacted a lot on it that night while my friend was talking to him. I heard the distinct sounds of Native American drums, and then the others started hearing them too. A little while later, I was sitting down and happened to look up, and with my own eyes, I saw a tiny silver orb about 15 feet above my head fly over, and the folks sitting next to me saw it as well. We saw what happened once more. The cemetery land is now owned by a sod farm and is well kept and clean. The group group we went with had to get special permission from the police department for us to be there. So be prepared to do that if you decide you want to go there after dark. And this was posted October of 2022. So it was actually pretty recent. So you mean to tell me that this man who owned slaves stole Native American land, as you pointed out. Possibly. Probably. Let's be honest. Probably. It it basically all was. So, yeah. Uh, But in the afterlife, he culturally appropriated their music. He's like, either or the Native Americans are haunting this land, too. Because they're like, hey, we were here first. It's we get dibs on haunting you guys. It's literally the whitest thing I've ever heard. Like, (laughs) it really is. He came back. He came back from the dead to haunt people. And he's like, listen, what I just discovered. (laughs) <laughs> doesn't it slap <laughs> holy shit it really does actually I didn't think about it from that point of view but yeah it does. <laughs> that's pretty bad so per findagrave.com here's another account by John A. Burgess of the Op News and by the way Op is a town in Alabama it's spelled O-P-P and it's not far from this location Quote, he says he's not a real believer in the supernatural, but this is what happened to him. 
One day, he was out with his dogs in the vicinity of the cemetery. It was all still, bright, sunny afternoon. He walked the rise toward the cemetery and paused at the top to look out across the countryside and to wonder how many times Grancer must have delighted in the same magnificent view. Thinking of Grancer, he turned toward the brick tomb. At that very instant, the sun disappeared behind, the bla- behind a black cloud and a cold gust of wind swept past him. And in the cemetery, a swirl of dust danced from Grancer's sheltered tomb. End quote. Bro, just die. <laughs> he's the most dramatic. <laughs> Even during the daytime, he's got to be like, oh, I'm still here. Talk about reading the room. <laughs> Also, a group called Web Paranormal Group visited the site and made a blog post. I wanted to include their findings as well from the website, which, of course, we'll link in the show notes. So make sure you check them out. They have a video on there that's like 10 seconds long. Um, But I just thought it was interesting. On Saturday, October 22nd, 2016, Web Paranormal Group assisted another local paranormal group, RIP investigations in researching and investigating the rumors told over the last 200 years about the dancing ghost of William Grancer or Grancer Harrison in the Harrison Cemetery in Kinston, Alabama. Around midnight, we decided to play some Scottish fiddle music. What happened next was astounding. The K2 meters owned by both groups went off to the beat of the music. Then our cameraman, Chris Woods, noticed a strange light bouncing back and forth along the tomb itself. The camera person for RIP investigations also moved in to get a clear shot of this phenomenon. There was an orb caught jumping from the side of the tomb, too. When the music stopped, then the light stopped. When we changed the music to something slow, the light slowed down. And when the music was fast, the light speeded up. Did it, quote. Did it lack rhythm? Probably. Let's be honest. (laughs) People can't dance. (laughs) Oh my God. This is so great. (laughs) On hauntedplaces.org, there were a couple more firsthand accounts that were interesting too. Uh, I'm guessing this is Melanie. The way it's spelled is pretty interesting. Ashworth. And this post was from November 22nd, 2021. When I went to this graveyard, I had the creeps. I looked down at my feet and I saw a great... I saw a great uncle's grave that I had never seen before. I was about 150 to 200 feet from Grancer Harrison's grave. It was 3.30 in the afternoon, and I can honestly say that being in that graveyard really bothered me. I've never felt that way about being in a graveyard before, and since then, I found out that Grancer was a fourth grandfather of mine. So I think she means, like, fourth generation, I guess, down. Do people just, like, um... I, I've only been to, like, a graveyard for, like, funerals and to, like, go put flowers on somebody's grave. And I, like, don't even do that. Do people just, like, go to graveyards? Like Some people do. That's a I don't. But some people do. Why are y'all in a graveyard? What? I will say that we did go to a graveyard once when I lived in Warrior. Because it was, like super old and it was actually pretty interesting because there were some really old gravestones so we just actually walked around the cemetery and read all the headstones to see if we could find which one was the oldest and there was some sad ones where it was like a bait you could tell it was a baby because it wasn't even a year old some of them weren't even but a month old and they had just a little headstone that was just a block of um concrete with a name but that was interesting and i know some people do like uh headstone rubbings Um, And I know some people, 
there was one TikTok account that I follow that they go in and actually clean headstones, which is pretty fascinating to watch, oddly enough. Um, but I don't make a habit of it. I'm definitely not going out there looking at huge cemeteries and looking yeah. at all the gravestones. You're just like strolling through a cemetery. I've always, I think the only one, like I, some of them can be kind of pic- picturesque and like, you know. Pretty. And the older ones that are like at capacity and they haven't had anybody new in there in like 50 years. And some of them are like from Civil War time. So it's like falling apart. Those are kind of creepy but also interesting because it's historic yeah and you can see kind of how the headstones change and depending on the time and unfortunately who had money and who didn't you can tell um but modern day definitely not i just don't think i don't think i want to hang out in a graveyard or take a stroll through one because as i've mentioned um a couple of times uh i'm a scaredy cat and i don't Mm -hmm. i don't want to see a ghost um, I know we talk a lot about ghosts, but I don't want to see a ghost because I think I might just die. Um, which we live across from oh, yeah. a huge cemetery. Um, you know, out on the main street, that cemetery across the street. That thing is massive. And I could see taking, it looks like a park. I could see taking a walk through it. But, like, I don't want to run into no ghosties. So. I definitely wouldn't be walking around at night. Y'all need to get out of a cemetery. Like, the living people need to get out of the cemetery. Um, dead people can say. We're not meant. Well, if you're visiting your loved ones, it's one thing. Yeah. Yeah. Don't just go to a cemetery because. That, that's a little yeah. weird. It's a little Well, weird. It's, it's also a little. Stick around the, the living. I, I know they suck, but some of them are okay. Yeah. A couple of them. Here and there. So. I, I but just, you're never going to find them if you don't look. It, it, I promise they're out there somewhere. For some reason, for me, it just feels weird. And I know I'm harping on this, but I think it's like this weird, you know, when you go into like a store and you don't buy anything and you leave and you feel like you've got to prove like you don't have anything in your pocket. Like, where does that moral compass come in when you go to a graveyard and you're not there for a purpose? Like, for like, well, but I think that's why some people that do it, we've talked about it in previous episodes. I think I mentioned it in the Coondock Cemetery, but some people will bring rocks or coins and they'll put it on certain gravestones so that way they feel like they've contributed. And it's a way of showing respect for the graves that you visited, even if you don't know who they are personally. Okay. They're not that bad. But the ones that are going just get creeped out. So like, if you're going to go to a cemetery, the, the lesson here is bring money or um rocks or pebbles that you you sort of thought were pretty and just put it on the gravestones if for some reason you're visiting a graveyard and i didn't get cremated and my grave's in there bring wine that's all I'm i'll just pour it on the grave trust Thanks. me i got you i appreciate i got it. you all right amber in 2015 posted when i had first moved to alabama and made some friends my now best friend took me out there and told me the story You could hear faint music, but after avoiding walking on his grave, I slipped and about broke my ankle. And my phone was the only one acting weird, but nothing but static was recorded. And it was awesome. Okay. (laughs) Was she me? Probably. (laughs) Mark from May of 2016 says, I live next to the cemetery. I have my entire life. My father owned all the land surrounding it until I was a teenager. I've spent several nights out there, camped right next to his grave, slept in the old church because I love the paranormal, but I never heard any music or dancing and I'm kind of jealous. Mark, that's not something I'd brag about. 
Um, just saying. Also, what a way to like uh, advertise that you've never left your hometown. Cool. Yeah, true. <laughs> oh, man. What's that like? Josh in uh, 2017 posted, my wife, sister, brother-in-law just went what? this past Saturday. My wife's sister and brother-in-law. Okay, I was like, the and. my wife's. But also it's Alabama, so I don't know. I can't confirm one way or another, but I'm assuming there's an and missing there. I need a flow chart. Just went this past Saturday, which was uh, the last Saturday of June in 2017. We were there from 11.15 until 4 a.m. Jeez, that's a long time to be in a cemetery. Don't they have like um, hours of operation? In the middle of the night. Like, really? We videoed, took pictures, and did some digital voice recordings throughout the cemetery and the old dance hall, but we didn't get anything. Zero. Still, it was a fun adventure. This is so weird to me that that you can just like go to the cemetery and be there in the middle of the night. Well, you can't now. That was back in 2016, although I'm kind of surprised they were able to do that because I feel like a lot of this is controlled a lot more now because of all the vandalism that happened but 2010 was when the really bad happened and that was after that so i'm kind of surprised i just they're sneaking in i don't know i just think of pet cemetery and when i know when when he had to like break it if you guys haven't read pet cemetery he has to break into like alert a, a cemetery and like it i didn't get freaked out at the fact that he was going to dig up his child I got freaked out that he might get caught. Like the- <laughs> I know the whole time I was so anxious. Was like, like, oh my God, are they going to catch him? And then there was like lights or something at some point and he had to dive down. And I was like, oh my gosh. Yeah. So any anytime, you, anytime somebody says something about like being in a cemetery at night, I'm like, how'd you get in? <laughs> I guess they weren't preventing them. I don't know. I, I think they are now. So I would not advise you going there without uh, consent provided ahead of time. But uh apparently at one time you could just hang out there i guess maybe because they didn't think people would i don't know victoria in october of 2014 said my friends and i have experienced the music being played from grancer's gravesite on a saturday we went very deep into the stories and did our own share of research until finally we got up the nerve to go we went out there and sat in the truck with it idling for a long time until we decided to get out and walk around in a small group However, we had my little sister with me, so we took shifts and rotated out so that somebody would be, would at all times be with her because she was small and it was too cold for her to get out in this weather. Don't, don't take a child out. What the fuck? <laughs> they're, the, they're creeping in and of themselves and can already see ghosts when you're not even looking for them. I would not have a child with me on If this. you had, and it's a small child, that is a small child if they can't be out in the cold. On one shift, I stayed with her. I heard what I thought to have been horses running laps around the truck, which was odd because it was said that he had horses. Until finally we heard the violin playing and it got louder and louder and was surprisingly very clear and understandable. It was hushed or distant sounding. We never heard footsteps on the grave or any of that. However, it wasn't a scary experience. It was actually very comfortable and calming compared to how the dark, cold, empty graveyard had felt minutes before. It's located in an odd spot. It's on a dirt road, which people live on to this day, and it has an open field attached to the graveyard. The dance hall was in good shape, besides the fact that people had held rituals out there, and it was obvious, so we didn't get involved with that. 
what a psychopath this person is. It was calming. I heard disembodied like things <laughs> that I couldn't explain. I couldn't explain it, but it was calming. May uh, excuse you. Uh, <laughs> what? Are you okay? I feel like the answer is no. What? Oh my! What a psychopath! <laughs> Holy shit. I mean, it's bad enough you took your, like, infant sister to a graveyard yeah, in the middle there. of the night. But they stayed in the truck. Who fucking cares? The <laughs> <laughs> oh, so one last account, which was on a different website, yourghoststories.com, was by Syl. And the date was May 16th, 2007. One night, my uncle took this one... <laughs> This one's interesting. One night, my uncle took me, my sister, my brother, my cousin, and my other uncle to an old church graveyard on a long, skinny dirt road way back in the woods. There I witnessed things that I will never forget. I was only six or seven, and it was a full moon. Why are see people taking children to this cemetery? I have no idea. <laughs> Initiation, baby. You could see. Look, it's it's op. It's around op. <laughs> And nobody even knows what that is. So there's nothing going on around here. This is the thing to do. I've never even heard of this town. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just, I'm so incensed that people are taking their small children to this cemetery in the middle of the night. (laughs) Oh yeah. Just wait. You could see everything real good on the dirt road. We arrived at the old church and graveyard between 12 and 1 a.m. Why are they still awake? To bed. Daughter was put to bed at nine nine o'clock at night during the week, and ten o'clock to eleven o'clock, maybe midnight if we feel like we're somehow ten years younger than we actually are. But we're in our house. Why are you in a graveyard at twelve or one a.m. with children? I don't. And my 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 youngest stepdaughter's ten. Why? Six or seven years old. Okay. Oh, no. <laughs> so. I'm sorry. I'm crying. <laughs> it's, just, it's so. Uh, it's so. Oh, my God. It's so uh, okay. My uncle told us the story that if this, it, it gets better because I've never even heard this part of it. My uncle told us the story that if you touched all four corners of Grady Harrell's, Harrison's grave, he would come out and give you his fiddle. No, whoa. <laughs> My sister and cousin were a lot older than me and a lot braver. They decided to get out of the van and touch the four corners of his grave right when they got to the grave. The clouds covered the moon just like in the movies and we heard something calling all of our names. I I wouldn't let let my brother watch my children anymore. And this isn't even their parent. This is an (laughs) uncle. Uh, You know what I did this week? My uncle took me to a graveyard. At two o'clock in the morning. Could you And told me how to activate the ghost. So what? It, so it'll show me his fiddle. Could you imagine being a teacher here overhearing that? What do you do you call the police? <laughs> Somebody needs to be called. Oh my god. We started to see orbs pop up and moving in the woods in all kinds of directions. We called for the girls to come back to the van, but they didn't hear us. When I looked up, I saw Grady Harrison right at them. It was like a white shadow or fog, but real detailed. He was playing his fiddle and dancing a jig. <laughs> I don't think I don't think she saw a ghost. I don't think this person saw a ghost. I think they were probably just 
delusional with exhaustion because children <laughs> cannot stay up that late. It's Maybe. not okay. Finally, they saw the ghost and ran back to the van. But this story isn't over. The, fan, the van wouldn't start. Not only that, but at the old church, there was an old walking cane hanging out the window at least five feet and turning all different ways. And I don't really understand how that works. He okay. didn't want them to leave until he showed them his fiddle. I guess. And the orbs starting getting closer and making strange noises. Finally, the van started and it was a brand new van and we are heading out of that graveyard. Okay. All the kids are in the back of the van and made crosses out of clothespins, baby. <laughs> we looked out the window and there was a demon. It's all, I said it that way because it's in all caps. Yes, I said a demon. It had four legs, a black body, a black and red face with a fire mane, kind of like a lion's mane, and fire eyes. And it was running right beside the van. I looked right at it and I felt something that literally made me sick. Once we made it to the paved road, it was gone. That didn't happen. <laughs> I have seen a ghost before. We visited all of the 13 Alabama ghosts, but I never went looking for them after that. I believe in God, and after witnessing what I did that night, I also believe in the devil and all the bad things he produces. So if you're ever around Op Alabama, just on the other side of Kinston, if you want to believe, if you if you want to believe yourself, just go visit Harrison's graveyard on a full moon night, but don't say I didn't warn you. I believe your uncle needs to be arrested. <laughs> That's what I believe. <laughs> And uh, yeah, that's a, that's what I got. That's, that's that's all I got on this crazy dancing ghost. So, what are your thoughts? So, I just like I'm looking at this with like a logical perspective, and I just can't get over Be logical the absolute just bonkers cuckoo bananas. Like, what are people? What are what are people in Alabama? What are people in Alabama? Like, what are you doing? That's a justifiable question. <laughs> Just op Alabama, if you even do exist, um, are you okay? They, they exist, trust me. <laughs> My God. Oh, God. Um, I mean, good story. Um, uh, what was his name? Grinser? Grinser. Grinser. Awful person. Terrible nickname. Um, weird taste in music. Don't like it. <laughs> Uh, I mean, let's be honest, any, just about any ghost stories that I'm going to be able to deliver from Alabama are probably going to involve a plantation true, or a Confederate soldier. I mean, pretty it's much just, same thing around here. It's, it's, it's Bama. We had it's, tobacco it's the South. fields. <laughs> that's, how, that's how it works. Ours is tobacco fields. I think there was some cotton too. Probably because it's like textiling. Um, so. It's mostly yeah. cotton around here. But so far, I I don't I think I've only covered one that had, and that was a I think that was actually a plantation. What's that? What did I cover? Who cares? Um, great job. Um, kudos. I guess I hope those kids got therapy. That's all. I sincerely hope so. It uh, sounds like they needed it. Well, I'm almost down to the dregs on this, thankfully, because I didn't have any ice, uh, so it's getting warm. Oh, yeah. I I only remember to put ice in the ice tray. We don't, our ice maker is broken. Um, and instead of getting it fixed, we eventually just need a new fridge. But I forgot to put water in the ice tray. Oh. Uh, 
because unlike you, Samantha is so responsible. Um, listeners, I don't know if you know this. She picks things up when she sees it. She cleans it as it gets messy. Like she is so responsible. And then there's me. Um, <laughs> that used up. I do it when I'm at your house. Yeah, I know. And How I, are you? <laughs> I really appreciate it. You know what? I actually reset the clock on my oven like two days ago. Yeah. Whoa. I know. How about that? Tell it's not getting it's not getting fixed until you visit whenever the time changes. That I am gonna tell you that. <laughs> but um uh, the power went out, so it it like uh. flickered or whatever. And I just was like, you know what, Samantha would be proud of me. But yeah, I use up all <laughs> the ice uh in the ice tray, not not this morning, uh not yesterday morning, but like Wednesday when I was making my iced coffee. And every morning I've been like, oh, I don't have any ice, and then I don't put water in the ice tray. <laughs> so Cheers. <laughs> I'm working with Sophia and trying to to let her know, um, just like I do with her dad, when you think of things, stop and do them then because you're not going to remember it until it's too late. And then you're probably not going to do it again and forget. You know what's funny? And it's going to get really inconvenient really quickly. Just do it when you think about it. What's funny about ADHD is I can have a goal in my head I can say I need to go fill that ice tray but from the five seconds of me walking from here into there I'm doing laundry that's oh, I know that's how I do I know it's like, okay. let's do a little little break Sophia apparently really wanted to play with my um I have wool balls that I use in my dryer rather than using the dryer sheets and um, she had found one of them. And so she was like basically playing soccer all over the house last night um, after I finally took a break from studying all day and researching. Uh, and she's running around and she's kicking this wool ball all over the place constantly, <laughs> um, including hurting herself by kicking the couch because she's just running all over the house in uh, general with this wool ball. Love her so and much. <laughs> Paul and Paul's just we're we're watching the football game, the UAB uh, Georgia football game, and um, she's running around. Out and I looked at Paul and I said, "And that would be the H." <laughs> <laughs> he goes, "Oh uh, yeah," and Sophia goes, "What do you mean?" <laughs> oh, she's my little spirit animal. I love her so much <laughs> because. Um, um, and she's going to be older at some point and probably re-listen to some of this. But we did we did take her to the doctor to, to talk about um, whether she has it or not. And he told the doctor, no, she doesn't really have the hyperactivity thing. Uh, has he been around her? Sir, you are wrong. <laughs> she did that, by the way, for an hour. At least 30 minutes, if not an hour. Wow. Like, just constantly running all over the house, kicking a wool ball all over the floor kicking the couch on off every so often and hurting herself and be like girl just sit down i can't wait to see it is, it is 9 30 at night why are you still running around like a crazy person because okay, she's fine. me just, look you're entertaining yourself it's fine i'm not gonna argue i can't wait to see how her hyper fixations and things like that um grow and what they end up being when she's an adult. Like what form. I'm glad you can't wait. <laughs> is that going to take on? Because it's it's so interesting to see 
people with ADHD when they're adults, like what is their hyperfixation? And a lot of the times it's like crafting things. Like they're, you know, oh, they'll do crochet or, or something. Well, she does those bracelets. Um, or they hyperfixate on books or plants or, you know, something. But I can't wait. I know. I'm surrounded it. by people with with it and I <laughs> get to deal with it regularly. I said something while, because Paul was out this week um, and I was uh, basically taking care of, of my three step kids by myself. Um, no, there was no basically. I was taking care of my three step kids by myself. Um, and I said something and I was like, I... Sophia, I need you to remember this because I can't be the memory for every single one of you guys, including your dad. She goes, I know you take care of all of the stuff that needs to be remembered for all of us and dad. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's why I'm going crazy slowly, but surely I need you to pick it up. <laughs> oh, well, she's... she goes, well, we got dad's memory. I can't help it. I was like, I don't know. It was a losing battle from the beginning, kid. I know. Sorry about it. <laughs> <laughs> all right so are you ready to hear my ghosty um yes so tell me all about it i'm gonna tell you about the ghost in the governor's mansion of course you are. <laughs> my my sources will be in my show notes uh i'm not gonna list all of them off okay okay all right uh <laughs> are we okay are we okay uh this drink is strong <laughs> even better <laughs> uh, i'm just gonna say that so uh anyway the north carolina executive mansion commonly called the governor's mansion is a stately queen anne style home sitting in burke square on blount street in downtown raleigh is it actually blount and not blunt it's blount b-l-o-u-n-t blount see here it's blunt spelled the exact same way oh so that's how we always know from pe people are from out of town it might be uh blunt um but it's written as blount so it's gonna be blount um <laughs> you're from north carolina you pronounce it however you want to boo thanks <laughs> uh, we we say blunt but we're also from alabama so take that as you will i mean i'm originally from alabama born and raised um sweet home alabama mm -hmm. i still relate harder to um the devil went down to georgia than sweet home alabama so <laughs> fair same <laughs> oh my god <laughs> all right construction on the building began in 1883 using materials that mostly originated in north carolina the lumber for the oak and pine frame came from across the state the marble the steps was mined in Cherokee County. Um, if you're the marble for the steps, like that, yeah. Cherokee County, Cherokee, North Carolina has some great uh, casinos. Just so you know, uh, and the sandstone trim originated in Anson County. The bricks that formed the mansion were also molded from North Carolina clay and made by prison labor, because of course, many of the men whose forced labor helped build the mansion inscribed their names in these bricks, signatures which are still visible today. Nice. Nice. Leave your mark. Very friend. nice. Yeah. Very nice touch. <laughs> the mansion was- We was here. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you're going to make me do it, I'm going to- 
I'm gonna I'm gonna why not stuff it's gonna be here for for all time you're welcome like every time I do something that I don't want to do say and okay we'll say I used to do it we'll say I don't do it anymore anytime somebody tells me I have to do something that I don't want to do like write a report or like I don't know do a presentation I always find a way to put a little middle finger somewhere in the presentation that nobody sees uh I, smart actually i used to do that obviously i don't do that anymore because i'm professional the mansion was completed in 19 in 1891 <laughs> <laughs> i was trying to hold it together but keep going and the first governor to inhabit the building was governor daniel g fowl and bro never left the Daniel G. Fowl bedroom sits on the second floor of the building. Fowl was a widower with four children when he took office, which, good on him. Like, he's a widower of four and he took off. Mm. Mm-hmm. He's doing the Dude damn had, thing. He, ha- he had some help. There's no way he sure. There's that. like an entire staff on at this mansion, whoever's there. Um, but. His youngest son uh, had a habit of, like, getting into bed with him at night because he was scared or whatever. Um, and Governor Fowl, like, was a, a, a quite a large man. Uh, so That's how I knew that was coming. Yeah. Oh, because I'm, I did my hands like this, you know, just. Yeah, that's it. Okay, yeah. Just a very large man. So he he was uncomfortable like in this bed especially with like a young child constantly being in there so he didn't want to like lose his focus like lose sleep because he couldn't sleep well in it and he had a new bed constructed for himself just a oversized bed for himself so that him and his son could be comfortable Unfortunately, he didn't get to enjoy the bed for long. Um, Governor Fowl died before completing his term. I don't know what he died of. Didn't look it up. Sorry. Okay. Um, But a later inhabitant of the mansion found the bed that gave Fowl such comfort to be a source of a strange series of encounters. Governor Bob Scott. That name sucks. It sucks when you have two first names as, like, your, like, full name. I knew you were going to comment on that. Hi, I'm Bob Scott. Um, Bob Scott, who served in the office from 1969 to 1973, spoke to North Carolina folklorist Richard Walser for his book, North Carolina Legends, about the strange experiences he had lived, had living in the mansion, which I have that book. Great book. Um, according to Governor Scott's account, he chose the governor, he chose the governor Fowl room as his bedroom when he moved into the mansion, but Scott was considerably taller than Fowl. So one was, you know, big one way and one was big the other way. Um, and he found governor Fowl's bed to be uncomfortable to sleep in. There just wasn't enough uh, room for his feet. Scott insisted on purchasing another North Carolina made bed. This one from Craftique Furniture and Mebbin, which Mebbin has. Which, all right, can I can I just 
interject here. Tell me you're privileged without telling me you're privileged by saying my feet just can't fit on this bed. Sir, there are ways that you can be on a bed in which you are not 100% like stretched out. You really considering we've all you can't like fetal position this to where you fit. No, we have to make you a whole ass new bed yeah. so that it's comfortable for you in the way that you sleep. Okay. Well, they sorry, can. I got I got a little bit attitudinal with that, but that's just like serious. Tell me, tell me you're from privilege without telling me you're from yeah. privilege. <laughs> well, it's like, you've never had to adjust your the way you sleep in order to be comfortable. I will say, and not that it's like you know anything in his pocket you know like ooh, because um, not everybody can afford a new bed like it took my husband and i 10 years to get an actual like bed paul and i slept in a full-sized bed for the first five years of our relationship yeah i slept the in that kids, bed with y'all the kids <laughs> had beds bigger than we did and we're complaining that they weren't big enough and i'm like no 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 yeah well he actually paid for this bed out of okay, his own pocket fair enough so he didn't like he didn't have like the state or whatever pay for it, but still, to be able to like move into a mansion because you were elected into an office and be like, you know what, this bed sucks. I'm just gonna go ahead and buy a new one. Like, who has beds? Aren't cheap. No, I can't imagine they were back then either. Beds aren't cheap. They're real expensive, um, especially if you get a good one. So yeah, he um. He had the governor of foul bed moved to, like, out of the room. Um, shortly after moving the bed, Governor Scott and his wife were reading in bed when around 10 o'clock at night, they heard a strange knocking com- coming from the wall behind them. Scott and his wife thought little of it, assuming that it was just water running through. What? Yeah. Okay. They just thought it was water running through, like, really old pipes. Um. If I hear anything in the middle of the night, like anything. No, I wake. I'm freaking out. I wake up and I bolt. I sit up, bolt upright and be like, what, what just happened? Usually it's a cat. I make my husband get up. I'm like, somebody is breaking in downstairs. You need to, you need to go figure if you die. I mean, I'm sorry, but like, I, you got to go figure out what that was. You got to check it out at least. (laughs) Let me know nothing happened. Tapping on the wall, like, that's very, mm, okay. And the night after, and the night after that, they heard the knocking. If it happened, also, like, how much. It happens multiple times? No. How much staff Sir. do you have in your house that if, like, you hear a pipe behind a wall at 10 o'clock at night, that you don't really think about it? Because, like, who's washing dishes? Also, where is this room in relation to the house? Would it even make sense to have a pipe behind your, that wall? Well, I'm so glad you asked because Scott asked the maintenance staff to see if they, if something could be done about the pipes. And they basically told him, uh, there's no pipes behind that wall. Um, you idiot. Uh, (laughs) they didn't say that. (laughs) They were thinking it, but Uh, they didn't say it out loud. (laughs) (laughs) You know that person was like, he's like, can you just do something about the pipes? And they're like, sir, there's not even a bathroom on this level. Uh, Are you okay? Um, so that wall is on the outside of the house, sir. There's no pipes there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. 
you know what? Why don't you do governor stuff? Like you're really good at governor <laughs> stuff. But plumbing may not be your forte. Uh, Maybe just tell us when you hear noises in the middle of the night and we'll let you know that they're actually ghosts and have nothing to do with pipes. Yeah, right. So Governor Scott and his wife remained puzzled by the knocking until the day when Governor Fowle's daughter came calling. So one of his four kids showed up. Um, The late governor's elderly daughter had been living just down the street for many years and it was her habit to, this is so fucking weird. It was her habit to pay a courtesy call on new governors when they took office. And according to Governor Scott, part of the social call involved her demanding an answer to the question, is father's bed still in the room? I also saw another place where she made sure like his, his portrait was still up. Ma'am. Your daddy is no longer governor, and nor does he have any say-so in what happens in this house. It's weird. It's weird. Why are you showing up at my house? I know that I'm governor, but get out. He ain't here anymore. And you can't, you can't, like, just, you can't show up at somebody's house and be like, do you still have my father's bed in there? Can you imagine me going back to the house that I used to live in that I sold earlier this year and going, did you move that picture that I left here? what you let you you moved it you can't move it that's weird uh, excuse me i own your house now i can do whatever i want it's my house now yeah don't do that just go just just, just go don't do that let it go that's weird um but she does it with every governor because i i heard i read other stories about going forward too yeah okay honey all right okay <laughs> Ooh. all right um While insisting that he did not believe in ghosts, Governor Scott nevertheless confessed that he had named the knock, which occurred every night at 10 o'clock, as the ghost of Governor Fowle. He and his wife speculated that it was Fowle asking that his bed be moved back into his room, which, like, I would just move the bed back in. I'd pick a different room. I would at least test the theory. Yeah. I I would move the bed back in and see if it continued. If it continued, then obviously I'm wrong. But if it doesn't and it stops, I'm, I'll just sleep in this bed. It's fine. Yeah, I'm okay with it. <laughs> I need my sleep. I'm sorry. I prioritize my sleep. If, if if it's that deep for you, ghost, I will keep the bed in here and I will sleep in a fetal position in order to fit in the bed. This is fine. This is fine. So the best thing is that like our current governor, right? Our current governor, Roy, Roy Cooper, and his wife took the bed out of storage when they moved into the mansion after he was elected. When they moved in, the second floor bedroom had two twin beds. And their daughter, Hillary Cooper, wanted a larger one for her room she occasionally stayed in. The Executive Mansion's Facebook page noted the significance with a post that said, We hope that the recent restoration of Governor Fowle's bed to the Executive Mansion will bring his spirit peace. That prompted Hillary Cooper to joke on the Facebook that, quote, Of course mom puts the dead guy's bed in my room. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. Sounds like something you'd say. (laughs) (laughs) She's great. But so far, Kristen Cooper says no one in the family has seen or heard anything unusual. Quote, we've we've had guests sleep in it and not have encounters. But she noted that 
our pet sitter swears by having a couple of encounters. He was staying in the mansion briefly to take care of our family's aging dog, and he told the Coopers he heard strange sounds at night, including what sounded like a voice saying hello or Helen. Who is Helen? Oh, Helen was the name of one of Fowl's daughters who lived with him in the mansion. Is this the one that keeps showing up? And I don't know. Maybe. Oh. Maybe. Probably. He better be showing her some respect if she's still showing up <laughs> saying, my daddy should be able to have whatever he wants even though he's dead and gone. Oh, God. It w- she was his favorite. Probably. Um, apparently, while none of the recent governors have experienced Fowl's ghost firsthand, a bunch of state troopers and guards... A bunch of state troopers that guard the mansion have, and the troopers also play pranks in the mansion. This is what your taxpayer money is going towards. <laughs> I just, just throwing that out there. Letting you guys know. Quote, we used to we used the bed and loved it, said former Governor uh, Bev Perdue. We would tell house guests and visitors the story, and in the middle of the night, when a door slammed, you could hear their reaction. I don't believe in ghosts, but the folks who staffed the mansion at night had some stories to tell. Former Governor Pat McCrory said he believes Fowl is, quote, a good ghost. Quote, I said good night to him every night, McCrory says. I never heard a reply, but I just assumed he was there. I wasn't scared of him because he left a good legacy. McCory's wife, Anne, had what they believed to be Fowl's bed removed from the mansion because they wanted to use larger beds for their guests. How big, like, how much bigger does your bed need to, like, what is happening? These beds are just getting bigger and bigger. But Kristen Cooper said mansion staff later discovered the bed removed under McCory wasn't the real Fowl bed. Kristen's on it. I fucking love her. <laughs> She's like, uh-uh, he lied. That's not true. And I sleep in a dead guy's bed because my mom <laughs> hates me. <laughs> She's the best. McCory says the ghost story prompted pranks. Quote, some of the state troopers would play tricks on my staff by rolling grapefruits down the stairs. Why grapefruits? I, first off. Okay, first off. Also, let's, let's not be wasteful with food. I feel like state troopers should have better things to do. In theory. In theory. Um, second off, you guys are paying for the Like, as you're listening to this, if you're in North Carolina, you're paying for them to roll grapefruits down the stairs. I just didn't know if you knew that. Yeah, but... Is it better or worse than having them being paid to be on the side of the road and pull you over? Or, you know, shooting people. But, like, this is weird. (laughs) It's weird. It's a weird situation. Anyway, apparently, uh, McCory had, like, Halloween parties every year at the mansion. Because he was really into Halloween. And he would, like, invite people over. And uh, he would scare little kids with the ghost stories. Um because there's nothing like a grown man opening his house to small children and then having them scream. It really does it for everybody. Um, context. Context is everything. 
but the Halloween parties continue uh, up to, you know, now. Uh, Roy Cooper and his family, Chris, Roy Cooper and his family still do like a Halloween party and there's like a Christmas party and things like that. And Kristen Cooper, their daughter actually leads a parade before they do like the house stuff. It's, it's pretty cute. Um, she leads the parade and then they get to the house. She's like, let's go see the dead guy's bed. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's what she sounds like. But he's still around. Uh, Fowl is still just wanting to take a nap and I've never related to a ghost more in my life. And yeah. that is the ghost of the governor's mansion. <laughs> okay. So that was pretty awesome. Uh, good job. <laughs> I told you it was going to be funny. If I was going to be a ghost and I had been the governor, that is what I would want to do. <laughs> but could you, could you, I mean, I get it. I, t- I like 100% get it. This guy just wanted, he was a widower. He had so much responsibility trying to take care of an entire state as a governor. All he wanted was a good night's sleep. So he had a bed commission that would fit him and his son. Cause he's a caring dad, you know? Um, yeah. All he wanted to do was sleep at night. And shortly after he gets it, he barely gets to enjoy it because he's done. Things um, like, can somebody appreciate the effort that I put in? And then you get, and, and getting a bed made? And then you guys just keep moving my bed out or getting bigger beds. Like, I already commissioned this bed because I needed it to be bigger. Like, how much bigger do you need a bed to be? It's <laughs> fair. That would piss me off, too. <laughs> Ugh. And also, if you needed one, you're not tall. No. So. <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm so the next person is bound to be taller than you, and your bed very well could not be quite the length needed. That's true. So that's fair. Yeah. But I, I get it, and also can't blame him. He seems like a nice enough guy. It, I Does, mean, just. He's messing with people. Yeah, I don't think he's. Why not? I don't think he's really messing with people. I think he just wants to sleep. Like I think he just wants to nap. Which, like me too, brother. Uh, it's fair. Yeah, and maybe now he gets to. Yeah, maybe. Um, way to go, Coopers, for putting his bed <laughs> back in there. I mean, sucks that Kristen has to sleep in it, but I feel like she's okay with it. I feel like she's okay with it. Yeah, yeah, she seems cool. Uh, she's she's the one to have it. <laughs> I think anybody else, maybe not. I think she's the one to have it. Yeah. All right. Well, that's it. That's my good job. Story. Thanks. Good job. Uh, that that was actually two pretty good ghost stories. This is very interesting. Um. So okay. Well. Uh. Happy spooky season. I know to everybody. I was gonna do a completely like different one that what that was like super spooky, and then I was like, bitch, you know, you want to do something funny, like you know you do. You just spent. We got some spooky stuff coming up, maybe. Yeah, you just spent seven hours yesterday looking at something that mm-hmm. was already spooky in an episode. <laughs> For sure. So do some. Oh, and that ends the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> oh goodness! All right, I'm gonna go eat something. Uh, Samantha, you can find us on social media on Facebook and Instagram at Rupert's Vlog podcast uh what about email you can email us at reaper gals at reapertales.com yeah that's it <laughs> you can just email us just email if us if you want to why not um like rate review subscribe all of the lovely things that you guys do um share our post if you feel inclined to do so help people find us that might be interested mm-hmm. 
that's it. That's it. Um, we're impressed that you guys are still listening. If if anybody's still around and if there's a new person, welcome. You're weird just like us and we appreciate it. Yeah. So truly. That's all we got. Yep. Yep. That's it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean it by? <laughs>